0: I think the thing that Biden has to do is he's got to enlarge the youth vote and, the, and minority vote. He's got to say to people, here's why you vote and here's why it's important you vote. With the power to vote, you have the power to protect your rights. Women can protect their rights through uh, in Ohio, with cases like that, where you actually can see they will vote away that shows that they're in power. You, how do you empower yourself? You vote.
1: Wow, I never heard of that before. Chris Matthews spitting some truth. How long was he asleep? Yeah, I was looking at Chris Matthews as they 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 must have defrosted him or something and not gotten him to hair and makeup in time. Because it it, it looks like just to me and now I, I have hair envy. I'm follicly challenged, obviously. If you've seen me, you know. It looks like Chris Matthews uh, hasn't seen a comb for a long time. But it also looks like he's been frozen in time. Who knew that voting was a way to, to have power with your government? Who knew? What a great, great thinking. Is he teaching now? Is that what he's doing? He's teaching civics? That would be a good role for him. Welcome to the third hour of the Chris Plant Show. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris. And uh, I have been uh, reliably informed. And if you're following on Twitter X, the Chris Plant Show and Michael Piercy has said, uh, if there are questions, we will do the mailbag at the end of this hour. Because that's what we do. And uh, you can have questions about me. I'll try and answer them reasonably. A lot of craziness in our world, not just with Chris Matthews. I've been following the adventures of disgraced Congressman George Santos for some time now. Since he left Congress, since he was drummed out of Congress, remember, never charged with it, never convicted of anything. He's going to have some days in court, but he's not been convicted, but they voted him out. Because that's how that works, the House of Representatives. Uh, Menendez is still in office. Robert Menendez is still in office. And still taking briefings, classified briefings. But uh, George Santos is gone. And so I'm following him thinking, what's this guy going to do? I anticipated he would get an offer. Some kind of an offer from one of the liberal networks because you figured he'd be he'd be steamed about how he was booted. But no, he went to this service called Cameo. Cameo is a service that allegedly will recruit celebrities and they're pretty loose with the term celebrities. Celebrities to give you a a, a greeting. They make these electronic greetings video greeting, and then they send it to you. So if I wanted to send Michael Piercy a Happy New Year greeting, I might try and hire George Santos to wish him a Happy New Year. The week after he was thrown out of Congress, Santos was able to send a greeting out for 50 bucks. You could get his, his cameo greeting for 50 bucks. The last time I checked, which was last weekend, it was $500. 500 bucks to get a a custom greeting sent to a friend. Uh, That's too expensive for me to send to Michael Piercy. No offense to Michael Piercy. Uh, It's it's just that's a little high. 50 bucks, I might have considered it, but 500 bucks, that's just stupid. So it tells you, because it's a free market economy, that Santos is very popular, that people are paying for that. And he's also now being interviewed by the entertainment industry. I believe this interview was with uh, Variety magazine. And they were talking with Santos about who else in Congress has dirty hands? Who else who else who walks the halls of Congress might be phony? Who could be a big fake? They're telling us one thing, but they're actually doing another. And I I think in, in listening back to this, I think we may have found the next job for George Santos. Check it out.
2: Marjorie Taylor Greene. No. Kevin McCarthy. Yes. Lindsey Graham. Yes. Matt Gaetz. No. Bob Menendez.
3: Absolutely. Goldbar Menendez.
2: Dan <laughs> Goldman.
3: He doesn't pay his rent. Dan is owing $180,000 worth of rent right now on his $45,000 monthly rent, which is what most Americans make a year. You let that shit sink in.
0: The way you know everyone's business is humbling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, move on.
1: I'm thinking there is a gossip... Element to politics that someone in Hollywood is trying to develop right now. Look, they are the real housewives of everything. You've got a guy who might have a a lifeline into the dirt and all the rivers of dirt that are coming out of the house. And people would would watch that. I I believe there used to be a, a regular column in D.C. about some of the stuff going on in the swamp. I have to look it up because I think the lady who was running it passed away a couple of years ago from uh, breast cancer. But uh, uh, something something tickling my memory on that. But George Santos would be a good follow up to that. Except maybe maybe he gets a little too angry. Uh, George Santos arrived home from his West Coast trip to New York City and uh, found out that uh, New York is, under, under Mayor Adams, is not a good place for him. Hey y'all,
3: George Santos here. <sighs> Do you wanna know what I got for Christmas? Uh, Mayor Adams, you are so good at running this city. The Christmas gift I got is, it's a first for me. I've never thought I'd experience this in my life. But I guess we're back to New York City in the 70s. Look at this freshly broken car glass. Yeah.
1: Yeah. His, his car had the back window uh, on the passenger side. The right side of the car passenger window was shattered. And uh, it looked like a pretty nice car. And it did look like what you used to find in the 70s. But that's when people used to break the windows and go in and steal radios. And uh, they, they would just, uh, New Yorkers would take to putting signs in their car windows that said no radio in car to prevent people from just smashing the windows to break in. I think a lot of the removable radios were probably... Designed because of places like New York City where that was going on, but that was the '70s and the '80s. Uh, Santos uh, continues railing against Mayor Adams as uh, he's he's walking around his car. He's not happy.
3: Look at that, Mayor Adams. This is the city you're running. You are a cop, right? You piece of shit. Is that what you do? Is that how you're keeping the city safe? You animal. So I have to deal with this now. And it's December 26th. Ain't this lovely?
1: Yes, it is lovely, Mr. Potty Mouth. Uh, don't you have insurance? I, I, I thought that was required, and especially if it's a new car, which it looks like a new car. It looks like a uh, like a Lexus or a Toyota Venza, one of those cars. Uh, Santos not happy with the mayor, so he's, he's kind of doing a little... Uh, I guess a, a, a little public service message, a little,
3: maybe it's like a, a don't come to New York ad. Don't move to New York, people. Stay the fuck away from here. The city only cares to fuck over Americans and take our taxpayer dollars and shove it in the asses of these migrants while the city is dangerous. We can't even street park our car. Oh, by the way, did I mention it's a brand new car? Like literally, a brand new car. Well, again, if you got a brand new car in
1: New York, as a seasoned New Yorker will tell you, uh, you don't park on the street. You you bite the bullet and you pay for parking. They have covered parking everywhere. George Santos, the final cut from George Santos, uh, his his railing against Mayor Adams. It's just
3: fun. What are you doing, Mayor Adams? You should resign, you piece of. You were a cop. You should know better. You should know how to run the city. But no, you're a f***ing inept f- hole that just wants to be a little, oh, you have a brand. You wear your little earrings. You ha- you're you a celebrity. F*** you, Adams. Well,
1: putting the bleep machine to the test, I, I have to applaud Michael Piercy for getting it all covered. I, I listened to that. I said there's no way Michael's going to be able to get all of those out of there, but he did. He absolutely did. Uh, this again makes my case that I I think um, th- this guy deserves deserves this guy. I'm I'm talking about the guy that got thrown out, Santos. I think he deserves a, a TV show, especially if he's dishing the political dirt. And we will find out. We'll find out if you uh, if you see a TV show with George Santos doing. Uh, <laughs> Doing political gossip the way that we used to get from Joan Rivers. And don't we miss that? Uh, I I think it would be great. Just hopefully that'll happen. Uh, I know it's too much time on a guy that got thrown out and is putting the the House leadership for the Republicans at risk. Although it, it does appear that there is a really strong candidate who will be running in the primary to fill that seat. They're going to have an election in New York. And the Republicans appear to have found a pretty good candidate, a female, an immigrant who came here the right way, who also served in the military, who changed from a Democrat to a Republican. I mentioned a couple of woke items that I should give you updates on. Uh, the, uh, the, the world of transgender, they call it um, gender-affirming care, which is just so ironic because it is uh, gender-destroying care, if you get right down to it. But as try as, as, as we might to make all of this stuff illegal. Try as we might to prevent children from being mutilated. Uh, it, it seems to be a tough road. But now it appears that the cost of insuring the surgeons, the doctors who are providing this, and using an air quotes with my fingers, the cost of insuring these surgeons is escalating. They're trying to get malpractice insurance, but the the pushback now from the insurance companies, because now you're having people who had these surgeries or had it done to them when they were minors who are starting to sue for massive amounts because frankly, they were mutilated. And now we're seeing with the cost of uh, malpractice insurance going through the roof that the surgeons are kind of saying, I can't do this. It's kind of akin to what we saw happening about 20 years ago when obstetricians started stopping delivering babies or cutting back on delivering babies because the cost of malpractice insurance from injuries or, or whatever happened during birth Skyrocketed, So maybe just the, the lawyers will save the transgender, gender-affirming care from becoming such a big deal. The cost may make it prohibitive, which will make people think twice. The other side of that coin as it relates to uh, the uh, gender-affirming care surgeries, and this is a report out of um, UncoverDC.com, brand new report out of UncoverDC.com, that is showing that the medications that are being foisted upon these children, they are now worried that there are going to be lasting changes to the brain. Youth gender dysphoria is on the rise, and puberty blockers may be causing lasting changes to the brain. This science experiment on children will not be remembered kindly In history, Just my prediction. I'll tweet on a link to the story as well. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, it's
2: Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 listener sea cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com.
0: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
1: Thank you for being here. We count down to the end of the year. We're going to do some of, the, some of the end of the year things, you know, that media outlets do. We'll look at some of those moments, those embarrassing moments, those, those crazy, wacky moments, those high points of the year. And a lot of them involve some of the dumb things the media did, the embarrassing, unexplainable things the media did. Mortifying media moments, as our friends at uh, Grabian, Tom Elliott and the people at Grabian like to call. them, They've put together a brilliant montage of many mortifying media moments from 2023, like that time. That time when the media ganged up and instantly decided to blame Israel for the bombing of a hospital. A bombing that turned out not really to have happened. And yet, all of this happened on television.
2: The government in Gaza says the Israeli Defense Forces uh, struck a hospital in the center of Gaza City. An airstrike hit a Gaza City hospital,
3: killing at least 500 people. Where a
2: hospital was caved in, killing hundreds and stranding an untold number under the concrete the deadliest israeli airstrike ever
3: an israeli missile
1: struck the hospital absolutely horrific loss of life this is not the first time
2: violence has actually hit what's supposed to be obviously a place of healing deadly explosion at a hospital in gaza palestinian officials say hundreds were killed and they're blaming
3: israel now hamas is calling this a genocide
2: 200 to 300 people uh, believed to be dead at this stage also many examples of uh, you know of civilian deaths caused directly by Israel. There's no doubt about it. Minimum, at minimum, 300 people are dead. Egypt is is saying it's very upset about this this hospital bombing. The World Health Organization has strongly condemned the attack.
3: Today, the death toll rose significantly in a horrific attack in Gaza. 200 to 300 people were killed. The Palestinians are talking about 500 dead.
1: Well, that was all uh, lies. All of it lies. And all of it could have been... Fact checked. But the mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, chose not to. Instead, they like to pounce. That's the word they like to use when they say conservatives are pouncing on something. Now, what happened here was a uh, secondary terror group, you know, like Friends of Hamas, like the JV team, tried to launch some rockets at Israel. But I guess they bought them at the, the Rocket Depot. They were discount rockets. And uh, they didn't make it all the way to Israel. They landed in Gaza. And they didn't hit the hospital. They landed across the street from the hospital. And we know this because the IDF provided video. The IDF provided actual video and photographic evidence to prove there were no hundreds dead. There were some cars that were hit across the street. But never mind that, says the mainstream media. We have the opportunity to demonize Israel. And this was just days after, days after the the terrorist attack that killed thousands in Israel, innocent people. The beheading of children, the rape of, of women. And then the taking of the hostages, we still have over 100 hostages, eight of whom reported to be Americans. But the mainstream media had an agenda and damn it, they were going to serve it no matter what. I'm just glad that we have uh, all the evidence to to point out the media malpractice from the year. And we'll do more of it. I've got tomorrow and and Friday as well. So we'll share more of it with you. There's enough shame. It is the Chris Plant Show on this uh, Wednesday, 27th of December. Michael Pelka in for my buddy Chris Plant. Thanks for being here. You're welcome to join us. 888-630-9625, of course, is the number. Uh, I want to get to um, some of the clips from my discussion with Gordon Chang about what's going on with China, because I really don't think we're paying enough attention to China. And I think China is deeply, deeply involved in what's going on, not just in the Middle East, but pretty much around the world. We know that they're out for taking back Taiwan. That's long been the desire, the stated, publicly stated goal of the Chinese Communist government. But they also want global domination. They've been doing this Belt and Road thing for so long. And they have funded infrastructure projects around the world, which a lot of these countries won't be able to pay the loans that they were given to build these ports and build these roads and buildings. So China will then call the note and take control, which gives China and its vast military assets especially in the area of submarines, access and and boats, access to some critical ports around the world. Uh, China's playing the long game. And the guy who gets it better, I think, than anybody else is Gordon Chang. So I I reached out to him. And as I said, I had a lengthy conversation with him yesterday. And one of the things I wanted to ask about was what appears to be an unholy alliance between uh, Russia and China. You know, not to throw out the axis of evil, but it might be. It's a pretty tight relationship between these two when we kind of hoped that they'd be at each other's throats, but they're not. They've kind of teamed up. Uh, and I asked Gordon Chang about that. Am I wrong about that unholy alliance, Gordon?
0: Well, certainly, Mike. I mean, that's been going on for quite some time, but certainly we've seen this in the Ukraine war. You know, on February 4th, 2022, which was just 20 days before Russia's attack, um, Beijing and Moscow issued their 5,300-word joint statement where they declared their no-limits partnership. And we have seen after Russia's attack that China fully supports Russia. I mean, with elevated commodity purchases, which means that Beijing is financing the war. But also, China's been supplying lethal assistance, diplomatic cover— propaganda support, Uh, China opened up its financial system to sanction Russian institutions. So China has been there to backstop backstop the Russian war effort, just like it is financing Iran's war against Israel with its elevated commodity purchases and with supplying all sorts of military equipment to Iran and therefore ending up in the hands of its
1: proxies, Hezbollah, the Houthi militia, and Hamas. So if you look at the what's going on in the world, in the conflicts in the world, uh, Russia is being propped up by China. Russia is having China finance its war effort by purchasing stuff from Russia. All that dirty Russian oil we didn't buy, China's buying a chunk of it. China's buying stuff from Iran and providing additional support to Iran, which means China's helping the terrorists fight against Israel, helping Hamas, helping Hezbollah, helping the Houthis. So we need to find a way to break up the China-Russia connection. And that was my, my next question to Gordon was, how do we break up that, that dynamic duo? How do, how do we make that fall apart? Well, first of all,
0: um, all of this is supported by the Chinese economy, which really is failing right now. So, for instance, if we were to increase tariff barriers on Chinese goods, um, that would put a real dent into China. Also, the president of the United States, using his emergency powers, can actually get companies off of Chinese soil We can end technical cooperation agreements. There's also things that we can do right now in a China which really is ailing and which really depends on the United States. You know, when Xi Jinping came to San Francisco on November 15th, yeah, he was there to talk to Biden. But more important, he wanted to talk to those 400 CEOs and corporate executives at that dinner because in a way – that was as or even more important to China than his conversations with the American president.
1: It's, it's all about the Chinese economy. And we, we talked uh, earlier and I played you a clip of uh, Gordon Chang explaining the John Fetterman comment, the John Fetterman statement that we need to pull China's ownership of American real estate and just void it and take back all of that land. And he's right. And Gordon explained how we can do it, mostly by saying that there's criminal activity going on there, which we, we have proof in some cases. But uh, this, uh, this move to try and get American companies out of China would be really important. You've seen the resistance, though. We've seen how China has lured Disney and Nike and Apple and so many companies there, and it's profitable for all those companies to do business there, including Tesla. And if we were able to get those companies out of China and to make their goods, you know, God forbid, back here at home, it would be a huge blow to China. It would really take China apart. And that's kind of what's needed because China is driving a lot of the conflict around the world because ultimately the goal is to, to bankrupt us to drive us into a weaker position. That's their long game. I also asked Gordon Chang about uh, the current current pack of uh, GOP candidates and uh, who has the right idea, the right stuff to deal with China.
0: I think that if you look Trump, Haley, and DeSantis have much better China policies than the other ones. Um, you know, the question is, What are they going to actually do if they're elected? You know, and we've seen Trump. I mean, clearly Trump in office was great. He didn't go as far as I would have liked him to go. But got to remember that he started the process of delinking from China. He started the process of putting America first, not China first. And these are really important moves. So, you know, Trump does have a record. But you can say that what Haley and DeSantis have been saying about China also is good.
1: So Trump has the, uh, the upper hand in this because he has a track record. And uh, Gordon Chang would like to see him, if he gets in, do even more. And I agree with him on that. I think we need to be a lot tougher on China than we currently are. And I think we all know why this administration is not tough on China. There is a, a uh, direct link back to the Biden family based on everything we've seen out of James Comer's committees with all the evidence. I asked Gordon Chang in the final question about Taiwan. Because for the past couple of years, China's been making these very powerful military overtures like they're ready. They're ready to just go in and and take, take Taiwan back. But lately, it's kind of calmed down. Even though we had a U.S. fighter jet in the region buzzed by a Chinese fighter jet, just a couple of days ago. uh, It it seems like China's not militarily threatening Taiwan, but they are focusing on a, a soft takeover, a soft reclaiming of Taiwan. How are they going to do it with the Taiwan elections? Gordon explains the possibility here.
0: The presidential and the national election, because it's also the national legislature, is January 13th. For president, there are three candidates. One of them is the Taiwan, pro-Taiwan candidate. That's Vice President William Lai of the Democratic Progressive Party, which is the governing party right now. There are two other candidates who have got a generally pro-China orientation. And recently, um, it used to be William Lai had a double-digit, almost 20% lead. That was cut down to almost nothing. And now William Lai seems to be opening up a lead again of now almost 10 points. So that's going in the right direction. But, you know, we will not know because that election will be fought on a lot of issues which have nothing to do with China. The Democratic Progressive Party is considered to be poor at governing. And so William Lai suffers from that. But he's got a great vice presidential candidate, and she seems to be pushing him into better territory. So We will know on January 13th. And by the way, the Taiwan elections are fair. They're done by paper ballot. The ballots are counted in front of everybody. The possibility of fraud is really, really small. We ought to be learning from the Taiwanese about how to run an election.
1: (laughs) How how about that? We could learn something from Taiwan and how to run an election. Maybe we return to election day and paper ballots and counting in front of people instead of stopping the counting overnight because the toilet overflowed. It is infuriating, is it not? And Taiwan is critical. Taiwan's critical to the world, why? Well, first of all, most of the computer chips are made there. And that's one of the reasons China wants Taiwan, the computer chip business. You saw what happened during the pandemic when the supply chain was broken, computer chips couldn't get out of Taiwan. It shut down auto industry. There were at least 53 chips in almost every new car made. So that little island of Taiwan is critical. China's influence, not just in the region, but around the world, is important. And this audience knows it. Uh, jumping over to the phones, uh, Chris in Marshall, Virginia. Chris, welcome to the uh, Chris Plant Show. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate
2: it. Thank you for taking my call. I've got a slightly unique perspective on this, I think. I lived for about 20 years in the out-islands of the Bahamas, and back when a billion dollars was a lot of money, around about 2008, China renovated Cable Beach, the resort, on New Providence, Paradise, or rather uh, Nassau, New Providence Island. They have since owned Port La which is an industrial port, um, Grand Bahama, um, major parts, major swaths of other islands in the Bahamas, they basically, the Bahamas has, has been sold out to China. They brought in work permits when they were doing the, the, the cable beach project. And the funny thing was, they would bring in, they would apply for 300 work permits and bring in 3,000 Chinese because there wow. was no way to tell the difference, literally. Wow. Now, you think, uh, we talked about NASA. We talked about uh, Cuba before and tra- the Chinese listening station, the listening station, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's no big deal. But what we don't realize is over in, in near Bimini is one of the largest liquid natural gas transfer stations on the planet where it goes from big freighter to small freighter and it gets processed. It now, it now belongs to ha ha ha, ha China.
1: Yeah, and that's all because of the Belt and Road Initiative, is it not? That China funded it, they built it, defaulted on the loan, China called the loan, takes, the, takes control of the property, and now they have a key terminal, as you said.
2: 100%, which, and it's all yep. strategic. It's all strategic, sir. Sleep tight.
1: Yeah, sleep tight and wake up. And, 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 and it's not just listening posts. It's control of energy, control of, of those chips that China's after. And they are very strategic. Thank you, Chris. That's an excellent observation. And this is why I encourage you to pay attention to what's going on just outside of this country. I, I will agree with the Biden administration. It's important for us to bring a lot of this manufacturing back here to America. But I don't think they're doing enough. I think they're more focused on diversity, equity and inclusion than they are on returning manufacturing back to America because that would strengthen our independence. That would strengthen our hand against China. And we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. We need to do it every stinking day. So hopefully somebody's waking up uh, as these, that one LPG, uh, LNG terminal in Bimini alone, if that shuts down, if China goes, no, No, we're not doing business with you. That shuts off a key area of the globe. It's very important, very strategic. But again, I don't think this administration's paying attention. No, Joe's trying to figure out what SPF he's going to need as he prepares prepares for his week-long vacation. Yes, week-long vacation in the Virgin Islands. All right, uh, I've got a couple more things we have to take care of before we get out of here wrap up today's show. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. It is The Chris Plant Show. It's Michael Pelka wrapping up uh, today's adventure. We'll return, God willing, tomorrow and do it again with uh, a completely new package of news and silliness from the world. We didn't get to everything today. There is a uh, Hollywood story. That requires our attention. One of the actors, and the actor happens to be a biological female who identifies as a female, but I don't want to offend anybody. So I use the word actor because they like to be known as actors. Unless they're up for an award in a category with men, then they want the category to be actress. But that's just part of that, that uh, duplicity that exists among these woke individuals. But this uh, actor, who is very well paid by most, most normal standards, very well paid to be told where to stand, what to wear, what to say, etc., cetera, uh, is grousing about how much they are paid. And we'll need to break it down because the actor's statements are completely befuddling. And we, we will get to that tomorrow. It's not going anywhere. That story and it's fun. I mentioned earlier John Fetterman, aka the Fetter Monster, to some in the Pennsylvania area. Uh, he's he's apparently really really waking up. I there's an interview with Politico that was published yesterday, and uh, the Pennsylvania senator with the shorts and the hoodies trashed. Democratic strategist and suspected alien James Carville for sounding the alarm on Biden's prospects in 2024. Quote, I'll use this as another opportunity to tell James Carville to shut the F up. And he didn't abbreviate. Adding, quote, my man hasn't been relevant since grunge was a thing. Ouch. And I don't know why he believes it's helpful to say these kinds of things about an incredibly difficult circumstance with an incredibly strong and decent and excellent president. Close quote. Now, Carville's been very pessimistic about Biden because, let's face it, Biden is mumbling, stumbling, fumbling all over the place. Hasn't really done a press conference again. That is the third year of his presidency has not done what has been customary, and that is hold a press conference where you stand up in front of the press and you you don't take pre-screened questions. You actually allow questions to be asked of you and you answer them. He's not doing that. And he won't be doing that. And we don't get a commitment to have a debate. So Carville's called it out. And, and now as many nice things as I said about John Fetterman and Maybe his brain has rewired itself and he's fixed. He's not. He's apparently still broken. Hmm. Carville uh, is taking umbrage with the notion that he's he's not relevant. (laughs) Now, he still looks like an alien to me and sounds like it, too. But um, I'm not sure John Fetterman is completely healed if he's there, but... I wish he would hold a press conference, Joe Biden. I wish he would stand up in front of all of the media and put aside the card with the 10 names and the 10 pre-screened questions. You know, maybe we'll get one of these moments like we got back in the 80s. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, I've been dumb.
0: I did something very stupid 23 years ago. That's
2: it. Uh... Fire
1: away. Yeah, fire away. Wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> if Joe Biden looked at the press and said, fire away? And we wouldn't need an hour. I think we would need about 40 minutes. Just 40 minutes of Q&A. And then he could close his binder and trundle off.
2: My friend Jim Messina said, I said Democrats need to quit bedwetting. My wife's already changed me to
1: rubber sheets. <laughs> Carville's got rubber sheets. Too much information, James. Too much information. Uh, Tomorrow is another day. Until that day, Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
0: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round.
1: Together,